This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Welcome back in on this Friday morning as we kick off the action line here. And this is perhaps my first mother-daughter combo here on the action line for the last couple years. I don't think we've managed to have a mother-daughter combo in to tell a, a neat story. And this is one that I really thought was interesting. And uh, if folks were listening to Carol Dudley's show Sunday morning just a couple weeks ago, you might have heard some of these stories and a little bit of this information. But uh, we're going to kind of follow up and add to that. So our guest this morning, Tamala Shaw and her mother, Gail Shaw. Ladies, good morning. Good morning. Awesome. Thank you for joining me and uh, coming in this morning. We always appreciate folks getting up nice and early with us to uh, you know, share these neat stories. And this is something I, I thought was interesting. I learned a lot myself. And so you guys co-wrote a book together. I guess we'll just start there. What is that like? And, and tell folks how that process kind of unveils because, you know, from what I understand, you each kind of wrote half this book and merged it together. Tell us about that. So basically what happened, I am codependent. This is Tamala. I am codependent. I went to counseling when I was in my late 20s and they told me that I was codependent. So of course at that time, I didn't know what codependency was. So I did my research, I read books and all those types of things and realized, yep, definitely codependent and I had the behavior and all of that. So I kind of did more research later on because I had bad relationships. You know, I started looking at my friendships differently because I was very codependent, which means you look for people who need things. You're always looking to help someone. You want to fix people's problems. So once I realized that and I started talking to others, no one knew what codependency was. So then I had to go dig into why am I codependent? What made me codependent? Well, for me personally, it was because I grew up in a household that was that had alcoholism. So when you grow up that way, uh, you tend to take over, uh, I'll say take over responsibilities from your parents because they kind of leave them down when they're, you know, doing doing their thing. <laughs> so uh, later on when I realized that no one really knew what it was, uh, it was brought to me and it was truly God. You know, God brought me this book and he gave me literally the name of the book, the chapters, everything. I started just writing and writing. And so I went to my mom and I said, mom, God, you know, God told me that we should write this book. And mom said, mm, yeah, I don't know about that. He hadn't told me that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what she said. Well, he hadn't told me. I said, okay. I said, I get it. Because I believe that, you know, when God brings something to the table, both, both people should know, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought I, about it. Yeah, she thought about thought it, about but it. I, I started writing it regardless. I was like, I'm going to write until God gives it to her because if he gave it to me, it's his word. Mm -hmm. So how long did it take? 
seven or eight months. <laughs> I mean, it took a while. It really it did. It took a while because... before she said, okay, I'm ready. Yes. Uh, so the name of the book, God Turned Turned Mommy's Wine into Water. Yes. Name of the book, and that's um, kind of quite literally, right? So when literally. you came up with that title, kind of tell us how you came up with that title. Well, because my drink of choice was champagne. <laughs> so champagne is wine. And so yeah. once I became sober, it, you, you no longer use, the, you're not using the alcohol. So we said God turns wine into water. Because the big thing that everyone says from the Bible is how God turned and water wine. Into, mm-hmm. wine, into wine. Mm-hmm. So for, you know, for the, the people of the world, God turned water into wine. But for me personally, God helped me by turning my mommy's wine into water. So that's where it came from. So, Gail, you were you were given this uh, idea from your daughter to write, kind of co-write half this book, yes. and then kind of merge the books. So you'd each tell each of your story from her childhood, maybe you know from your point of view, from her point of view. Yes, and that's what I thought was so neat from a reader's perspective. I'm thinking, you know, when people write books like this, a lot of times they cross ideas and what mm-hmm. would sound best and what's mm-hmm. going to translate best. Not right. the case. You guys just said let's give them 100 percent facts and they can hear right. from both Absolutely. sides. Were were you a little bit intimidated, nervous? What were your kind of feelings when she asked you to do this? Well, when she, she when she said when she gave me the chapters and said what she wanted, and she said we're, we're not you're gonna write we're gonna we're gonna write your portion I'll write mine and then we'll come together, and in the process of writing the different chapters and everything so a lot of things that didn't I didn't really find out about some yeah. things in the book I didn't find out until after it was published emerged, well it was to be ready to be um, published yeah, uh, and the one of the things that we did realize is once that we came back together. The, the chapters just they just fit together oh, it I mean was it was because it, I mean I would say talk about my childhood and then it was whatever was right after is what she you know it came in that way so we yeah. that's why we knew it was God because it came together so well. it was a beautiful song and dance once it all came together truly because it really goes into mama's childhood yes and then it goes into my childhood mm-hmm. and it just blends so beautifully mm-hmm. and tells you why her alcoholism affected me into being codependent and it tells you the struggle of alcohol Alcoholism. Yes. It really breaks down that alcoholism. It's 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 a it's a situation where it's really hard. It's a you disease. know, and a lot of people think that alcohol. You know, one thing that people told us after reading the book was, I had no idea that your mom was an alcoholic. She didn't look like an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but what does an alcoholic look like? Mm-hmm. You know, what does a codependent look like? You know, but when people think about alcohol alcoholics, they don't think about the functional. Yes. They think about the people that are laid out, Skid you know, bums. right. Not a functioning alcoholic, and that's what I was. Yeah. You mentioned drink of choice would be champagne or wine. A lot of people, you think champagne, you think New Year's Eve or a celebration. Right. Um, so somebody that drinks champagne, somebody might not think of that as, as alcoholism mm-hmm. because that's a, a fun kind of a celebratory drink, but <laughs> well, it ended up just being... three bottles a day, that's <laughs> It's no longer just celebrating. <laughs> Our guest this morning, Tamala Shaw and her mother, Gail Shaw, the name of the book, God turned mommy's wine into water a journey of alcoholism and codependency so we talked a little bit about what alcoholism looks like and i think a lot of people are more familiar with that but codependency is something that i learned about when we had spoke just a few weeks ago you mentioned codependency is is trying to always help people and but you think of it as maybe mowing your neighbor's lawn when their lawnmower breaks for a week until they get a new one or you think about maybe loaning a friend five dollars but where does it change to where you're actually hurting yourself because those are things that that people do all the time that is perfectly fine you're talking about being codependent 
taking care of somebody, maybe even nurturing somebody's bad habits and kind of putting that on yourself to keep up with that? Is that right. accurate? And then you're neglecting yourself. You say yes when you don't want to. Mm-hmm. You know, what What happens is uh, it's, it's when it comes to addictions, I'll say it's a relationship addiction. Mm-hmm. So if I know that, say, let's say I have a boyfriend and my boyfriend has an addiction. Mm-hmm. I want to fix him. I'm going to do different things or or perfect example with my mom I wanted her to be sober so bad I just like I just wanted her to be in recovery I told her if you if you this is so crazy now that I'm thinking about it you know where I am today if you will stop drinking I will take you out of the country you know and I did mm-hmm. and she was sober we took the trip and when she got home about a month later she started drinking again mm-hmm. like you cannot I can't prize you mm-hmm. into doing what you what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. That's your work. So it's when you don't want a person to do the work and what it made me feel though it made me feel neglected. Oh my goodness, it didn't it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So now I've got to figure out something else. No, it's not up to me. I've I can only fix me. I can only sit back and and be responsible for my own actions. Other people have to be responsible for their actions. So I found that my friendships were truly people who needed things. You know, it was people who were um, not saying that everybody's got something, but I would find people who were in bad relationships. Girl, I can help you fix that, you know. Or uh, they had problems finding jobs. Oh, I, I hope you find a job. You know, I had a, a, my ex-husband. You know, bless his heart. I wouldn't even allow him to fill out an application. I do it for him. I can do that faster than you. Mm-hmm. Don't you worry about it. No, it's his job. Mm-hmm. He's got to go and get it. But because of in my childhood, I had to help raise my siblings because we would... The, our our schedule was my mom would pick me up from my grandmother's house. We would stop by the liquor store mm-hmm. to grab her champagne. We'd stop and get my brother. My mother would come home. She'd cook. She'd go in the room, and we wouldn't see her again until the morning. So everything in between that door closed until that door opened, I had to take care mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. So that's where I started taking, where I would try to fix everything, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. For a lot of situations like this, I feel like people try to find reasonings for what they do. If you drink, maybe you say, well, I'm only having drinks after I feed the kids, so it's fine. Or I only drink when I get upset and it's other people's fault. For codependency, it's kind of crazy because, you know, it's so easy to say, well, I I filled out the application for my ex-husband. I took my friend to work and they never needed to get a car because I always just drove them. And if they can't get to work, it's my fault. Um, So it's kind of different because for that, you could chalk it up as, well, I'm just a good person. I'm I'm always just trying to help. I'm very loving. But exactly. But and that can be uh, detrimental to your own mental health. Because it makes me unhappy because Mm -hmm. it gets to the point where I don't have boundaries. I don't know how to detach from people who are not good for me because I'm I'm attracted to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm attracted to the need of someone needing me. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, it's and it's not love. Mm-hmm. It's you know, I can find a way to manipulate certain situations because okay, well, if I want it to look like this, I can manipulate the situation to make it look the way that I want it to look mm-hmm. rather than the way that they need it to be. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it, it and there was times where I would say yes and do the thing that I wanted to do 
but then I'd feel bad about it later. Did I really need to spend that money on that person or did I really need to pay their bill? Mm-hmm. Did I, you know, I'm neglecting my household because I'm out here doing things for others. So it when when it's to the point where you don't feel good about it, mm-hmm. I always say give your best yes. Mm-hmm. If you can't, if it's not your best yes, it should be a no. And by that, Period. explain that a little more. What do you mean by that? So best yes means I feel good after I've said it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I feel good and it was it was thought through, you know, if I if I sat down and said, okay, I I can do this. I'm gonna feel good about it. It is my best yes. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, if it doesn't feel good, I still say yes. So that means I did not give my best yes because it should have been a no. And if somebody's you know struggling with codependency, it kind of affects them and and the people they're uh, related to and, and dealing with. So not only are you being stretched thin and being stressed and all this extra stuff, um, but you're enabling other people. Is that kind of absolutely. what you're saying? So it kind of goes two ways. Yes, yes, absolutely, yes. So and and the other thing is you don't really know when to detach from people. Mm-hmm. You're in bad relationships for way too long because you don't want to make people feel bad mm-hmm. you know and it it's it's to the point where you've stuck around and then it becomes very toxic so it's toxic for you and everyone around you know mm-hmm. so. and and for those listening just to, you know kind of be clear um doesn't mean you can't do good things for people oh, but absolutely. it's important to do good things with good intentions for you and the other person right so if one of you guys is, is not winning by something happening then mm-hmm. there's a problem there and that's kind of kind of what you're talking about mm-hmm. this morning yeah you gotta it's it, it all has to stay very healthy mm-hmm. and when you're codependent you you don't you're kind of blind to what's healthy and what's toxic because you're just wanting to fix. So I'll kind of go back and forth uh, between both you ladies. We have with us uh, Tamala Shaw, her mother Gail Shaw, who co-wrote God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water, A Journey of Alcoholism and Codependency. How has life changed for you ladies um, since this book came out? And I know you go around, you talk to people, you've you've um, promoted the book. I'm sure people have talked to you about the book one-on-one and said, I read it, this is how it's changed my life. How has it changed your life? Does it help to kind of air this stuff out? And do you feel better talking to other people about it? And does that help your own your own self? It helps my own sobriety. It's um, it's a way of well, for years you're you feel shame, mm-hmm. and so when you get to the point where you know that this is what the way you should live, and this is the way you want to feel, this is the way you want to live, then you feel better, and so it's it's. And if you can help someone else mm-hmm. get to that point where they're no longer feeling ashamed and um, are living the life that they need to live. Mm-hmm. And I love it because with Mama will come to me about different stories, even from because she has it up at her desk at her job. And a lot of people will ask her about it and then give her stories mm. about maybe their parents and all of that. Right. So, yeah. Yes. And I'd, I'd seen a quote recently, and I'm going to mess this up, but it says something along the lines of a lot of wisdom comes from poor decision-making. If you can learn from Absolutely. poor decision-making, that's where the wisdom comes from. Would you agree with that? Yes. Absolutely. I yes. mean, I am a true, I'm a true believer that most things that you go through in life, it's not really for you. If you can get over it, then you can share the story for the people that are behind you, mm-hmm. and it makes it a little bit easier for them. So that's where the blessing comes in. And you are saying about life change. I, I feel so grateful to God for being able to spread the word about codependency because for me, you might watch something on TV and every now and then you might hear the word codependency, but nobody's ever explaining what it is. Mm-hmm. That's why it was very important for me to start the Facebook page uh, about codependency and also start the podcast 
because a lot of people don't know what bound you know true meaning of boundaries mm-hmm. because you are supposed to love when you give boundaries it's not you don't have to be mad mm-hmm. a lot of people i'm gonna leave them alone okay that's not a boundary you're just angry mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's it's healthy in in everything you know you need to have your affirmations and you know make yourself feel good uplift yourself and like for me i went through a lot of issues when i was a child so that child is still sitting within me mm-hmm. until I reparent it. Mm-hmm. So you're really reparenting yourself, raising yourself again to have that self-esteem that you need to be able to not fall back and have a codependent slip later on. Tell us about Facebook and about po- uh, the podcast. Where can p- folks find your podcast? What's the name of it? And then tell us a little bit about this Facebook page. What can folks expect there? Oh, yes. So <laughs> Mama actually helps me a lot on the Facebook page. It's called Codependent Me. Mm-hmm. And you just go on there and we'll share our stories. One thing that I am very, very big on is everyone's story is very important. So they come on, they share, we uplift one another, we give you know, great quotes and it's a safe space. It's a very safe space. No, no judgment. Yes. And it, we just uplift one another on there and it's wonderful. And the podcast, uh, you can find it anywhere. Actually. Um, it's also codependent me. And I talk about, you know, what codependency is, what a codependent slip is. I talk about detachments, about boundaries, uh, we've actually, the latest episode that actually dropped today, mm-hmm. um, it's about being the adult child of an alcoholic. Because that is another thing with mom. Not only is she an alcoholic, but you're a four-timer. You want to talk about what that is? Well, oh, well so three-timer definitely, but a four-timer oh. is. So, <laughs> so I'm an alcoholic, I'm a child of an alcoholic, and a grandchild of an alcoholic. So that's three generations. So this is something that's not new, mm-hmm. but it's a, over the years, it, it, it never no one ever got uh, did, went into recovery because it was you're always wanting to be silent about it. You do, this is something that you don't want to talk about. It's mm-hmm. embarrassing. And with me, I'd rather be embarrassed now with you know with recovery if, if it's somebody that I can help. Mm-hmm. Or and, like my grandchildren yeah. or they'd have to deal with yeah. uh, with what what I've had to go through. Mm-hmm. That's true. What? You're spreading that word. I love <laughs> yes, it. Yes. Spreading the word. And you know, for folks that are listening out there, um, I know somebody who deals with alcoholism or different addictions, or maybe they're hearing this and saying, you know, maybe I'm codependent. Maybe this is something I should learn more about. Uh, I've encouraged them to read the book, check out the podcast, check out the Facebook page. Uh, but do some of these things still continue after you write the book? Is everything sunshine, or do you still have to work through a lot of this stuff? I mean, it's usually a day-to-day thing where you just you're always you're always plugging away and always working on it. You're uh, you're always reading. You're always trying to find different ways to better yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, always working my steps because yes. Coda has steps. Oh, Coda is for just like AA is mm-hmm. for alcoholic uh, alcoholics. Excuse me. Um, Coda is for codependence. Mm-hmm. So we have 12 steps. Mm-hmm. We have 12 traditions, 12, you know, prayers. And mm-hmm. so mama's working her steps. I'm yes. working mine. We're doing the serenity prayers. Mm-hmm. And I used to hold meetings here in Nashville at the library on Edmondson Pike. But, you know, since the pandemic, we had to kind of stop that. But I do have a lot of friends that do it on Zoom. Mm-hmm. So people can find meetings on Zoom. They can find them uh, over the phone. Uh, you just have to work that recovery every single day, mm-hmm. every day, in order to, you know, to not fall back into old habits. Because, you know, when, you, when you've been doing something over 30 years, mm-hmm. you're not going to break it in three. Right. <laughs> and Tennessee uh, has the same steps and the same programs yeah. and the same meetings that they have in AA. So it's the same 
same premise. And do you find you ladies cross notes, cross scenarios, thoughts, oh, yeah. situations? You, yeah. you call one another and just say, hey, here's what's going on. And yes. you could probably, it's, it's a helpful tool to kind of have somebody to talk to about that. It's a beautiful Well, what's thing. amazing is to be a mother and have a child that was brought up in a, a home where there was alcoholism, but to see the, the woman that she is now mm -hmm. and how she helps me get through different things oh. and how um, I just feel like I'm a better person because of her, mm -hmm. which That's is so the, the, the roles are reversed because I'm the mother, but she's nurturing me mm -hmm. to make me the person that I am today. And I am grateful for the nine years that I have. And I'm a better person, a totally different person than I was nine years ago. And not, yeah, because she just, uh, <laughs> she just celebrated her ninth year. My ninth birthday. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank Congratulations. You. Fantastic. I have to say that she is so wonderful. She has grown so much in that nine years. I can now be nurtured by her. So that's beautiful. Yes. Our guest this morning, Tamala Shaw, her mother, Gail Shaw, they co-wrote the book, God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. It's a journey of alcoholism and codependency. Ladies, I think that... You know, I'm so glad to have you on this morning, and I think that as people listen, they can relate to these stories. Everybody knows somebody who deals with addiction, and probably, you know, you can't even count on your hands and toes how many people we know that deal with addiction. Um, you know, family members, friends, folks we know now that we will know in a couple years or who haven't met yet, but it's all around us. So uh, understanding that is so important. And codependency is something that I'm just new to. Just a couple weeks ago when I spoke with you is something I'm learning about. So um, I encourage folks to go check this book out. Where can they find the book? Amazon, uh, or you can go on greatessentials.com, which is my company, but it's uh, www.gr8essentials.com. And then, of course, Codependent Me, the Facebook page and the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, so you can find that anywhere. And, uh, yeah, I encourage folks to, to dive in and listen. And, you know, this is, uh, I think, stuff you can, if you can't help somebody else, it might help you. But I think this is information we could all kind of tune into and learn something from. Absolutely. Thank all righty. So Any much. final thoughts this morning, ladies, before we let you go on this Friday morning? I just appreciate you having us. It's, um, it's a blessing to being able to share a story. Yes, I'm so grateful. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you ladies coming in and telling that story and um, look forward to what's next. So uh, we'll definitely stay in the loop and uh, I can't wait to see what's next. Thank you so much. Thank have you. a good morning. All righty. You as Bye. well. We have the Center for the Arts crew coming up in just a few minutes. That's going to be lots of fun as we continue on this Action Line Friday morning. We'll be right back. tired of constantly spending money on sprays and other things to control mosquitoes around your home? If so, come by Holden Hardware and get the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators. When used properly, the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators will kill mosquitoes. Come by Holden Hardware on the square and get the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators. This year, make mosquito control easier and cheaper. Come by Holden Hardware on the square and get the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Hi, this is Amanda at Animal City. Come see us at 919 Northwest Broad Street here in Murfreesboro. Don't let fleas get the jump on your pets. 
stop by Animal City for premium flea and tick protection to keep your pet safe. Here at Animal City, we are longtime pet lovers and pet keepers. We also carry a variety of hard-to-find products for your specialty pets. Come see us and let our 30 years worth of experience be helpful for you. You can find Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the things when we were looking at trying to craft our menu to help those who are dieting is the side dishes. A lot of times we were so used to eating starches and unhealthy side dishes. In addition to our spinach, which we've had on the menu from the start, we've added zucchini and green beans, but we've also added broccoli. The broccoli is properly steamed so it's not too soft and not too hard. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. This is Kim Dunaway from Sunshine Nutrition Center. You hear me on Monday mornings at 720 talking about how to lead a healthier lifestyle. We carry supplements, personal care, and grocery items at both our Murfreesboro and Smyrna locations, family-owned and operated since 1989. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. Honoring and remembering those who served in our military. I was on a guided missile frigate. Here is today's Salute to Veterans. I was in combat close to 18 months. Got out on early release in 73 when the ceasefire occurred. The so-called end of the uh, hostilities never really did until 75, but for us it did, and I was early out because of my combat service. Vietnam veteran Ralph Givasio. What was the atmosphere like when you did come home in the 70s? It It was really poor. Couldn't come home in my uniform, let's put it that way. I had to come home in civilian clothes because of the flights and because of the airports and the kind of reception that I could possibly get. You hear a lot of negative things about uh, when the Marines came back, and it's all true. In the latter part of the war, they didn't want us to have eggs thrown at us or uh, slurs or things of that sort, so I had to come home in civilian clothes. I didn't admit that I was a Vietnam veteran at all until in the 1980s. I couldn't get my old job back because I served in Vietnam. And so from that point until the 1980s, I never admitted I was a veteran at all. It would have been a negative, not a positive. You know, you don't hate the warrior, you hate the war. Vietnam veteran Ralph Givasio. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. Welcome back in right now, the time 8.40 on the dot and 75 degrees, a good start to the day as we kick off now the second half of the action line and we are joined by Mark Williams and Patience Long from Center for the Arts, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so exciting stuff. We have breaking news. Breaking news as of this morning. All right. Mark, you want to tell them? The first to know, we are back. We're we'll call back. it back. All we are announcing a new season, a full season. Something we've been working on and waiting to do since this since it stopped. Yeah, <laughs> since everything stopped. We 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 did uh, three shows last year in 2020 and had 10 more that we couldn't do. 
one that was two weeks away from opening. The actors were off script, they were getting the set ready, all of that, and it just shut down. And I remember this from many theaters and many high schools who were opening the day of yep. everything shuttering. And uh, a lot of those people, you know, high school kids, they, they've moved on. They don't get another chance at that. But we're getting another chance at a lot of our shows. So we are ready to announce a 2021-2022 season. So we're opening in October this year with our season. And our first show we're really excited uh, is to bring back the show that was two weeks out <laughs> from opening. We're gathering the same cast back, the same director, and it's Little Women the Musical. Woo-hoo. And woo, we're very excited because um, Little Women is a very well-known show, movie, play, uh, and the music to this is really, really stunning, really beautiful. And uh, so we're opening October 22nd. Um, at the Center for the Arts, not outside. Indoors, <laughs> with air conditioning or heating, whichever one in the you know right. that you need. We have options. Yes, we are not with going our to. with our basement full of props and set pieces and a shop that we can build on site and seats that we don't have to manually move. It is a it's a whole yes. new world, but yet the same world that we were in before COVID. Yes, we we punted last year or this year, like many theaters did but we had to get more creative because we didn't have parking lot space we couldn't go out in the parking lot and do shows you know we didn't have a big grassy lawn or anything so we partnered with the city a lot and did some shows out at the city hall on the plaza we did shows at cannesburg uh, village and so um we got creative we made it work like the the arts stayed alive but and the fountains but everything was dependent on rain and Everybody worked so hard. There were some shows that we didn't get to do the full run because of bad weather. Well, and you know, we ended in 2020 when we stopped with 23 staff members, right, to do shows indoors. And we started doing outdoor shows with four staff members so it 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 was it's been a lot it's been a lot of weight i know on my shoulders on mark's shoulders on all of our shoulders to to, for two things one to keep the arts alive in our community how do you do that in a pandemic with stay-at-home orders and quarantining and then um you know how do we make sure the center is financially viable so when we are ready to come back we're here and we're going to come back full steam and we did it and i'm so proud of of our staff and our team and our volunteers and our partners and our community they without them we would not be here this morning and i don't know where the center would be so i just any of you guys out there over the past year and a half have helped us given us advice given us money given us whatever helping partner suggestions thank you um without them we would not be sitting here today what a breath of fresh air artistic director mark williams joining us also executive director patience long from the center for the arts um so i remember about two years ago when we were kind of announcing some of these shows little women was maybe the last one we talked about just about two years ago so crazy to think that we've kind of paused for almost two years um but certainly a breath of fresh air excited to get back to it and yes uh, especially for you guys because so many businesses that were essential uh you know hospitals uh grocery stores things like this uh, the state, the city, we're really trying to, to get back and, you know, some of those things essential. But for you guys, it was kind of like, you know what, as, as much fun as it is to go see these live productions, as much time as you guys have put into it, you kind of got pushed to the back burner a little bit. I like a lot of bands, musicians, yep. things like that, where they were saying, you know what, we have to kind of get people uh, food. We have to get people medical supplies right, basic and, needs. and worry about that stuff. Yep. So uh, now that you guys are, are back, that is just a great sign of things to come. And you're booking these shows, what, a year out? 
year and a half out? Yes. Yeah, you can book basically up to 18 months, maybe sometimes two years out, but they don't like to go any further than that. But yeah, we we are booked through November of next year, and that's what the season will go through. So, Mark, go down the season, because there are a few changes, because we had 10 shows left on our 2020 seasons we didn't get to do, and we told everyone, our season pass holders, our ticket holders, we said, hang tight. You will be, we are literally going to just, some some people decided to cancel the shows, and just, when they're announcing a season, it's brand new shows. We decided not to do that, because we had such a good season lined up. We wanted to bring the community the shows we wanted to bring them that we had to cancel. So, we just postponed it, and we said, once we're able to open, you will be able to switch your tickets, you'll be able to switch your passes, and so that's actually what we're doing right now but there was a few slight changes we had to make for various reasons and and so mark has the full lineup here so why don't you go through all right i'll go for it so as i said little women in october uh we've got a little surprise in november that we're not announcing yet but it's not anything a part of the season uh but december we're doing elf the musical so that was a part of our 2020 season we were really excited about that um everybody loves that movie and the music's great a lot of pressure to play elf as the oh, yeah. character. Yeah, but we have a, our, our director's Bethany True. And basically, I think when you come to the center in December, it's going to look like Santa Claus vomited all over. <laughs> she is such a Christmas person and just over the top. So I cannot wait to see what she Plus, does. Plus, she's been planning this for a couple years yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> it was just going to be nine months. Now it's been two and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're opening in uh, January. They're opening 2022 with Matilda, which was cast back in 2020. And now all these kids have like grown shot up yeah so we're probably re-auditioning that show and more info on that coming and then in february we're doing driving miss daisy which uh, most people know uh either from the movie or the stage play it's just a three-person cast uh but great show in february uh hunchback of notre dame in uh, march i am directing that one i'm super excited about that um it's based on the disney movie and the disney music but it's a little different um and uh, it, it's just fantastic. And then one of my favorites uh, in May is a play called Noises Off. Now, this is a farce. And uh, the whole first act takes place uh, on stage with a bunch of things going wrong. And then in the second act, the stage or uh, the set turns around and you see the backstage and you see all the stuff happening backstage that makes what happened on the front part of the stage, you know look bad so it's actually really 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 clever really funny and then in june we're super excited to have a really fun family friendly show spongebob the musical or the spongebob musical yeah (laughs) and i'll be honest like um i heard about this musical had never seen it i'm like i don't i'm gonna i don't have no i don't want to go see it and then someone gave me tickets to the t-pack yeah when they came to t-pack and i my son was 11 at the time and i'm like oh he'll be he'll love this so i take him I went out of there. I'm like, this is one of the best musicals I've seen. The music's really great. Is. You it, the characters think. are awesome. It was so entertaining for the adults, like and the kids. But I think some of the stuff went way over the kids' heads, yeah. which is good. Um, but yeah, this is it's an amazing musical, and I'm so glad I saw it. So I can then tell everyone, guys, you need to see this. Musical. Well, that's the thing too. It's one of those shows that you're like, oh, I don't know, but. Um, our directors, I've lined up uh, Keith and Lindsay Wortham, who are fantastic actors, singers, uh, to direct this show. And the reason I got involved or, or wanted to see it was because Lindsay, who I respect greatly, is a fantastic singer, trained uh, musician. 
came back from New York and saw it on Broadway and was like, that was one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm like, Lindsay? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> so I took her and respect her highly and, and greatly and uh, so saw it and loved it. And so people are going to love that. So we go from a lovely little PG <laughs> musical SpongeBob uh, to Avenue Q. And I don't know if you know much about Avenue Q, but I like to liken it to uh, a naughty Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> it so is, it's, it's rated puppets, R. It's rated R. It's replacing the show Dogfight that we had in our 2020 season, uh, which was an R-rated show. Um, and Avenue Q is... Uh, uh, it won the Tony Award. It actually beat Wicked. So most people know Wicked if they don't know Avenue Q, but in a head-to-head. And Robert Lopez wrote the music, and you might know him from writing all the music for Frozen. Okay. And um, Frozen 2 and, and uh, some of the other, you know, greats. So anyways, that will be a great show. And lots of the younger, I would say, even my my teens are super excited about that. Even my teens already. won't come anywhere near that show. Okay, just... <laughs> Teach their own. Parents it's got each a real own. cult following as well. It's just a real people who love you know Broadway and know it love that too. Yeah. And then in August, we're doing a little bonus show. Um, we did a fantastic uh, play at Cannesburg Village in April mm-hmm. called the Savannah Sipping Society. It's a four woman show. It, it's very much a mix of the Golden Girls and Steel Magnolias. Mm-hmm. And it's modernized a bit. And um, these are women who uh, are all going through various life situations and they get together and Drake could talk about it. (laughs) I saw it. It was amazingly funny. And everyone's like, oh, man, not enough people saw it, you know, because some people don't like the outdoors or whatever. And so we decided let's let's bring it back. Yeah, that was one of the shows that got. Uh, one of the three shows we did got canceled due to weather. So only two crowds got to see it. Not It's not a full crowd at Cannonsburg. So we're excited for that. In September, we're stretching out a little bit. And uh, one of our very talented um, artists, directors at the center, Connie Downer, is adopting adapting uh, a version of Hamlet. So she's writing that, and she's got a great vision for it. A bit edgy, uh, kind of involving some younger, maybe mature teens involved in that. And so we're tackling Shakespeare and really excited about that. Um, And then we're closing our 2021-2022 season in November with Sister Act. And uh, we um, are actually doing the camp Sister Act Junior right now. So we're hearing it around the building. It's fantastic music. I mean, it's dancing nuns. I mean, it's... It's really funny. Yeah, it's super funny. And the music is written by Alan Menken, who many know from so many Disney movies, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid. Um, So you know the music's good. So we are super excited. That is our our season, and I believe... uh, Tickets will be on sale in the near future. Yeah, so for what we're doing now, so we've announced it. Um, so now we have to go on the back end and switch all of our season ticket holders. So what I emailed them this morning, I explained to them that if they held opening night for Matilda in 2020, which was supposed to be on June 5th, um, first night seats A and B, we will switch them to the opening night of Matilda in January, same seats. Um, and that's going to take a little bit on the, because there's not a magic button you can push. So it's a little bit of, you know, we actually have to hire external staff because we're still not fully staffed. So we've got to hire some people to help us with this. And once that happens and all of our season ticket holders that have season tickets are switched over, at that point we will be on sale to the public for season tickets um, and flex passes. Um, 
And then all the other tickets we typically put on sale 60 days before the opening of the show. So the great thing about season tickets is you get <laughs> to choose your seats now. Um, you can, I like to sit in the back row, left-hand side. And if I don't choose that seat for some reason, other people like that as well. Uh, front row center, same thing. Um, so that's a great thing about season tickets. You get a discount for the shows. Um, and then you get to choose your seats early. But we, we also have general tickets open to the public, again, 60 days before. Um, so when we are on sale to the public, we are actually selling two passes one's the silver which is an eight person pass um and you can choose any eight shows choose your seats as soon as you get the pass and it's 130 dollars for the adults and then it goes down from there and then a flex pass that's three you know three shows for the season any show and that's 50 dollars and and below for the other category so um people are like how can we help that'd be one way <laughs> if you want to go ahead and kind of sign up for season or flex passes that would really help us um because what i explain to people is while we're you know financially viable and we're going to be okay typically what happens at the end of any year any excess money we make over the expenses we then kind of put towards the rep the royalties for the next season and royalties cost 25 to thirty thousand dollars sometimes uh, 25 more. to 30 or more yeah thousand okay i thought yeah, you were talking per show i thought you were talking no, per no, no. show for, for, for a whole season for us <laughs> i do that. Um, so that so that helps and then season ticket sales we go and we've sold so many this past 2020 so that helps right um all that money has is it's not gone it's just been invested back into mm -hmm. making sure we're still open so um we're going to be here we're going to be great but the more season passes and tickets we sell um the more we're going to be able to kind of have more elaborate costumes or lighting mm -hmm. designs you know so and make sure we have enough staff so when you call we can purchase you can purchase <laughs> we tickets. can answer the phone yeah um so that's how you can we, we always take donations um you know we're 501c3 every donation is tax deductible but if you could buy gift certificates are on sale right now and then season passes and flexes will be available probably in a week to two weeks and we'll we'll make a big announcement on facebook and website about that all righty fantastic so we have shows coming up uh, here in October, and it's going to run all the way through next November. So if you're just joining us and heard about those last couple, we're actually uh, talking about October of 2021 through November of 2022. So yep. a lot of stuff coming up and a lot of stuff to be excited for. Uh, one of the questions I had for you is, you were, we were talking about this off air just a minute ago. If, yeah, you could explain, you know, quickly some of these shows when you, you know, you put money in, and you could probably do a better version of explaining this. But you put money in to say we want to get the rights to this show to play this show uh, in in August of 2022, whatever, and then COVID happens, and that time slot, you guys say, okay, we're just going to play this show next year, and they're like, well, you got the rights to it now, but a year from now you don't, so you had to kind of mix and match. What is that process like? That had to be strenuous. Yeah, Mark does that process. So Mark. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 frustrating because. Um, you know that there are, are people who particularly want a specific show. Um, and one was, and I think we could say Mamma Mia, yeah. we, we, it, it was a huge uh, show in our season, like a, a pivotal show. And we knew it would do well. Everybody loves ABBA. It's fun for the cast. It's great for the audience. Um, and it's just one of those that we couldn't get next year because of potential uh, touring. And there comes a point where you just can't wait any longer too um and so we had to move on it's something we will definitely do um in the future but but, but let yeah. me tell you like so when you don't get mama mia that's a key piece to our puzzle so then you start replacing and some things that mark i mean there's so many things to consider but a lot of it is pulling our artists like you don't want to do musical 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 because mm. there's limited talented artists and mm. and some of the artists will be wanting that musical or that musical so it's it's kind of like a puzzle and but then one once go one if one goes down so now you've got a, a really 
female version show, huge one that we're going to do four weekends. That one's gone. Okay, well, you can't replace it with this one because it's met. Well, now we've got it. So that's ends up how we had to get. I think we got rid of Gatsby. We couldn't do Gatsby, yeah. La Mancha. Um, Dogfight. Dogfight. Dogfight's very male heavy. Yeah. And there was one other. Um Mama Mia. Oh, dog fight. Yeah. Do- oh, so, yeah. Sorry, you yeah, said that. Got it. So anyway, so yeah, so that's why we've had to like kind of mark, I say we, mark, <laughs> it's very stressful for him and I don't talk to him during the whole process. Huh. <laughs> it, but it, yeah, there's so, like she said, there's so much to think about. That's one of the reasons like Hamlet, which is a very male heavy show, is next to Sister Act, which is very female heavy. You can't, I mean, because in the arts in general, I think it's fair to say there are, are more women than men. Correct. Boys than, or girls than boys. And so, uh, we can't, you know, burn out everybody, especially the guys when they're kind of few and far between. But we're hoping to get, we're hoping everybody's ready to come back. Yeah. And we're hoping, you know, to get everybody uh, involved ASAP. Well, we're excited to have you guys back. And like I said, just a great sign of things when you can see these musicians getting back out there and you guys in the Center for the Arts getting back out there and putting shows out a year and a half from now and saying, we are good, Let's we're locked and loaded, and we're ready to do this. So uh, tell us a great way to, and I don't even know if this is on the website yet because we're just now announcing this, but a great way for folks to go check this out, get tickets, stay in touch. we got about 60 seconds. What's the best way for folks to stay in touch with you guys? Absolutely. www.boroarts.org. Yes, it's up. They waited. We have Tabby at the center waiting for us to announce it. And then she just put it up on the website. So if you go to borougharts.org, you'll see our season. When we have season tickets available, you'll see it there. When we start selling tickets to the first show, Little Women, you'll see it there. We also have some a few other things we're doing, um, including a show in August we haven't kind of talked pre-season. about. Preseason. We're calling it the preseason show. <laughs> and so we're about to announce that probably in the next few weeks. So anything, our announcements go on website and then like us on Facebook. First, we have a lot of information on Facebook, and then we're a very fun organization, I feel like. So, yeah, you know. Facebook and Instagram. And Instagram. I don't do Instagram. <laughs> I'm trying to get us a TikTok, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> well, thank you guys for your time this morning. Mark Williams and Patience Long, Center for the Arts Group, joining us this morning. And uh, you guys are all the way back, so we're excited for you. It's been a long journey, but uh, excited to get back out there. Thank you guys for your time this morning. Always appreciate you. Thanks thank for having you. us on. All righty. We're going to take a quick time out. Truman Jones coming up in just a few minutes with some live music. Johnny B and the boys over at Adam's Place this morning. They're going to be playing some tunes for you this next hour, so stick around. We'll be back.